content presented on the following podcast is for information purposes only. The views and opinion expressed from host and caregivers are solely given based on the experiences of the individuals involved. Because each person is so unique, always consult your physician, physical or occupational therapist for medical and fitness advice. Are you struggling to help your aging parents or disabled spouse to do everyday personal care tasks? Are you concerned about them falling or you injuring yourself? What is the task that is so difficult for you to help them to do? You are not alone. We can help. Call in and tell us your challenge. Here, you can receive practical tips and strategies from an occupational therapist and from other caregivers like yourself. And here is your host, Consuela Marshall. Hello, I'm Consuela and I'm an occupational therapist. And on this podcast, you get to learn about your role as a caregiver. You get to embrace your limitations, learn how to best provide for the needs of your loved one in a safe and efficient manner. And you get to know that you're not alone. Look, every caregiving story is so different. And it's you who get to write that caregiving story for your life. You get to learn how to take care of your loved ones. You get to learn how to accept that you cannot do it all. And you get to learn what to let go. And you get to learn how to, what to pick back up, how to pick back up your life, how to walk in tune with your life while also caring for your loved one. Look, I believe you can still find a way of taking care of your loved ones while also taking care of yourself. So stay tuned. We've got some caregiving to talk about. Hi, caregivers. It is so exciting to come to you with another episode of Caregivers Finding a Foothold. It's just always so good to come together. And in today's episode, I have a guest and her name is Eve. And she shared with me how the Finding a Foothold podcast was just a source of inspiration for her. And it gave her some courage to make some some tough decisions that she needed to, to make to better take care of herself. Eve was a sitcom writer, a grant writer, and a community liaison for the Los Angeles Unified School District. She is a licensed California realtor and a certified aging in place specialist. She's also co-founded the company Customized Aging to promote and educate about the resources, options, and innovations that help older adults stay in their homes longer and to assist them in finding a home that best suits their needs as they age. Look, she's talking my language there because that is so much what occupational therapists do. And as a certified aging in place specialist myself, I really champion her for doing that because there's such a need for her services. And before Eve speaks today, I really want to take a little bit of time and really share about an, another role. It is a role of caregiver to her dad, who was such a big person in her eyes. Her dad was such an intellect, big in academia, who was a just a really a renowned speaker in the field of philosophy. And as, as a child growing up, she saw herself as the little child to this great big dad who was always the strong person. So as Eve shares her story, I want to just say it is a role of courage as she has to grow from seeing herself as that little child, 
but a daughter who has needs, who has desires, who has to better take care of herself. And as like so many of us, we be began to really discover things about them, uh, rediscover things about them and about ourselves. And this is seen throughout that process of caregiving where we have to make some hard choices based on what we're learning. So look, I'm gonna let her share her story. And at the end of her story, you're gonna hear how she shared about her dad's life and how she honored him at the end of his life. So listen in. For over half a century, yeah. he, was, he was a spiritual leader and a spiritual seeker his whole life. He asked the big questions, he helped people. And he, he, was, he divorced my mother when I was in my 20s and he remarried a younger woman. And about a year, almost exactly a year ago, his wife died suddenly. Her heart stopped. She died. And it was a terrible, wrenching situation. He was devastated. And I was called in to care for him like immediately. And I had never been in that position before. I, he was always, you know, the, the big father, the boss, the authority. And all of a sudden, he was this, he had he was had developed some dementia. And all of a sudden, he was he was brought to his knees. And I was completely rocked he was mourning his wife and then and then a few months into that because he had so many balance issues he fell he hit his head he went to the hospital got a concussion his his dementia got pretty severe and he came home on hospice he couldn't walk anymore he had 24 7 care but i still was going up there every few weeks and doing what i could and going over there every day and sitting with him and trying to have a conversation but his speech was going his hearing was gone it was, it was very hard. And also because we hadn't had those difficult financial conversations before his wife died, we were in a position where he had made a lot of decisions that didn't involve us as his kids. And we were not in control of his finances or his medical care. So all the things that we wanted to do to help him, to get him the physical therapy that maybe would help him to, to at least stand up again, we weren't in control of that. And the person that had the medical power of attorney wasn't interested in that. So we were fighting constantly just to try and get him some sort of, he was screaming for help to get out of that bed. And we couldn't help him because we weren't in charge of his medical care. The documentation that he put in, in place before this was uh, everything was going to go to his wife. She was 15 years younger than him and everything was going to her. And my brother and I didn't feel any reason to contest that or have a problem with that. That's who my father was. He wants everything for his wife. Okay. But then she died. And here's where it does get a little, I don't know that people really understand this or because, and I don't really, because growing up, like I said, he was pretty private about his finances and he put a different person in charge. He put a different person as the trustee of his estate, not us, not his kids. And we thought that was strange, but okay, that's our father. But we're finding out now that that was highly unusual that he didn't place us as trustees and executor. And I don't know why he didn't, I don't know, I don't, I, won't, I don't want to say he didn't trust us because that just would be too freaking painful. Mm -hmm. But it's that thing of like seeing your child as a child and we didn't stand up to him. So I guess we just didn't challenge that. We didn't challenge right. that he might not have trusted us or he might think that he wants an objective party to take right. care of his estate. And, but that doesn't make sense to us. He just kept all that separate from us. So, so like I said, so when it comes to that, there, I'm always between, really really angry and feeling an impotent rage as my brother and I called it and then saying okay but let's care for our father yeah. let's just yeah. you know what are we going to do 
But fast forward to now. You clearly see that you need to find that in, that courage in yourself. But but as my father would say, um, so much comes from experience. He tells this story, which I don't think we have time for. And it, really, the point really is, is we don't know what we're capable of until we experience it. We don't know that we can make this stand, or we don't know that we have this authority to speak as your daughter, as someone who cares. I have, you know, trust me, you have to trust me. <laughs> so that goes back to, you don't know what you're capable of, capable of until you experience it. So how do you get a person who's not a caregiver yet to yeah. learn this stuff? Yeah. How, how, how do you entice them to say, no, this is important now. Now, identify, first of all, as a, as a caregiver, that you are a caregiver. And then you, and you also help with that, with your podcast, because I was like, you know, I'm going there every few weeks. I stay there for a few hours a day, or maybe I stay overnight, but, but you said, you know, even if you're calling him every day from somewhere else, you're still a caregiver, yeah. you know, so how, so, so it would be helpful to impress upon people yeah. the definition of what a definition of a caregiver is. It doesn't, it's not necessarily changing diapers. It's, right. Oh, no. I yeah. mean, caregiving starts when caregiving probably started years ago yes because he was hard of hearing so we'd have to be patient we'd have to yell does that count as being a caregiver when you're you know mm -hmm. when you're making all these modifications because of oh, where yeah. they are in their age absolutely so i mean oh, it's really valuable do you see the benefit of caregivers getting in support groups yes Yes. I mean, that's really what helped me so much listening yes. to your podcast during this past year. I would hear you say things like, even if you have to leave to take care of yourself, even if they're crying, even if they're yelling, you can walk away so you can come back later. And I would say that to my father when I want, and I had to leave, I had to get out. And he says, you're betraying me. And I said, I need this so I can come back. Yeah. If I'm burning out. I'm I'm sorry. It's not, it's difficult. I, and I would say to him, this is much more of a burden for you than it is for me, but it's still a burden. I said, it's hard and I need to walk away because he was grieving his wife and I was sitting there holding his hand and I'm crying too. Mm -hmm. It was really hard, mm -hmm. you know, but to see him in that state, and I never imagined he would be brought that low. And so it was, it was people like you saying you've got to take care of yourself you know you so much it was. Yeah. it was i mean there are other people around but it was really someone with your professional you know experience and all your stories when you think about how i wasn't able to stand up for my father my whole life and then he gets sick and all of a sudden i'm saying no this is we have to do this you know mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. it, it, there was a lot of it was very uncomfortable <laughs> confrontation but we we did stick up for ourselves and we did have these confrontations so in a way that you know, I can take that. And that did change me. Mm -hmm. I want to end this podcast today by sharing a tribute that Eve shared about her father at his memorial service. At our house, it was normal for meaning and the search for self-knowledge to take center stage. But as kids, we also rode around the cable car and we played catch with him in Alta Plaza Park. My father took us for ice cream at Swenson's and we made it to Playland a bunch of times before it closed. He made quarters appear out of our ears and balls disappear between his fingers and he always knew every card we picked. So I'll just share one of my favorite lines that he had from a lecture that he gave about 10 years ago in Boston. He was referencing Ralph Waldo Emerson's essays on self-reliance. And he said, 
Rely on yourself, says Emerson. Be true to yourself. But what self? What self are you going to rely on? And what can I call the feeling that comes over me when I let that who am I question sink in? And thinking to myself, the self that I think of as I, maybe that's not my real self. Or maybe there's another self that's more myself. And how is it, I wonder, that the questioning of myself, questioning if I even know who I is, makes me feel more like myself. When I remember I don't know myself, I feel like I do. And I hear him saying to me, as he often did, you don't have to answer the questions. You just have to notice them. When the self announces itself, he said, it announces itself in the form of a question. This kind of questioning, he said, defines us as human beings. This kind of questioning certainly defined him. And it also made me who I am, a self or selves who feels most like herself when she's noticing these questions. My father, the search for the meaning of life was the meaning of life. With all that he had, he nurtured the seeker in himself and in everyone he met, his colleagues, colleagues, his friends, his students, and his family. I will always be grateful that I got to grow up in a household where these questions of the heart, as he called them, were not only welcome, he considered them the most important questions in the world. Who am I? Why am I here? What happens when you die? Of course, the nature of these questions is that they don't go away when you grow up. They're always with us, especially now, as we gather to remember and honor my father, Jerry Needleman. Thank you. So I wanna thank Eve for her story. And for all caregivers, we're all on similar journeys or we've been on those journeys where we are often in a caregiving role, very, very much ill-equipped because all of the pieces are not there. And as we're providing the care, we're working hard to put all those pieces together. You know, it takes time, it takes courage, and it takes continuing to make those changes in order to protect yourself while also doing your best to try to protect your loved one as much as you can. And that was demonstrated in Eve's life as she began to identify as a caregiver and being able to then surround herself with people who are on a similar journey and being able to glean knowledge from them to be able to step into a better place of courage that helped her to set limits for her life in how to care for her dad. And hopefully you've, you've heard something today that's going to cause you to, even in your role as a caregiver now, look at what are some things that you need courage to talk about? Talk about right now where you are at on the caregiving journey. You need to have those hard conversations with your loved ones about setting things in place, making sure the powers of attorney and all of those legal things that help govern how things should, should take place in the event that they're no longer able to make decisions are in place. That takes doing on their part, getting those things in, in order that give you guidance on how the care will look 
So I want just to encourage you right now to reach out to an elder care attorney to get those advanced directives in place and also to learn how to put in place those boundaries in your life that help that help you to better take care of yourself. And so I want to thank you for being here today and and taking part in this podcast. And hopefully you've you've heard something today that's going to cause you to better take care of yourself. And so as always, I want to say thank you so much for being a caregiver, for showing up and doing your best. And I'll see you again on the next episode of Finding the Foothold. Take care. Have a good day. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Caregivers Finding a Foothold. We hope you found information that was useful and encouraging to you. And we want to invite you to visit the website, findingafoothold.com, and look at the resources that are available to you there. And also, we encourage you to follow us on our social media accounts, findingafoothold.com, on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. And thank you so much for being a caregiver. And our desire is that you find your foothold in caregiving. Thank you so much. And we'll see you again on next episode. Take care.